creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. March 17th, the year is 2020. You're listening to The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, down there in Orlando, Florida. He is, uh, he's been holed up for three days now, only <laughs> one of which has been government mandated. It's our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. Up there in Loveland, Virginia, he has been holed up for 90 days now. No reason at all for the first 85 of them. It's our friend Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And uh, we're and we're it for today. Uh, it's Skeleton Podcast, but uh, we still have got a lot of good content for you. Uh, joining us later on the show, we're going to be talking to. Oh, this is a great this is a great conversation. Uh, Barry Rodriguez. Barry is a pastor. He is in Indiana. He's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things that his church is doing out there to work with the new restrictions put in place by the CDC around the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, I've heard about some of the th- actions that Barry's church has taken. I was really really impressed by them and uh, how helpful he has been for the community and the ways that he's wrestling with that. And I wanted to share some of his thoughts with all of you. So that'll be coming up in a little bit. Um, Jesse. Yes. How you doing, man? How you holding up? I'm doing okay. And I I feel like we need to address the, you know, some things obviously right here at the beginning of the show. There's the, you know, the elephant in the room, right? There's a lot going on. You you look, you look good, a little, a little pale, but who can blame, you know, we all are. (laughs) I've been getting that, haven't been getting that vitamin D like I normally do. Exactly. Right. And and like, okay. So the, the the conversation that I feel like everyone in like our industry, which is media is having right now, is like, Mm -hmm. what's the tone here? Like, how do you approach this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And and this is something I I think to make light. Yeah, you don't want to make light, you know, and I feel like last week it was a little bit heavier of a show. And, uh, you know, later, I Barry's interview is fantastic. And, and, and we've really made an effort to show, you know, especially on all the, the content we're doing on the site. Uh, you know, we really believe in the importance of social distancing and it's a way to love your neighbor in, in a time in a very complicated time. You know, you're protecting people exactly. uh, who could actually, you know, if you're let me say this, if you're young. If you're under a certain age, you're the likelihood that you're personally going to have major health complications from the coronavirus are relatively low. But our position has been the, the right thing to do here is to practice social distancing, to self-quarantine, to keep distance from crowds so that this virus doesn't spread and affect people who actually could suffer major health complications. You know, we want to encourage people to figure out ways, you know, help their elderly neighbors to check in on parents and loved ones. That's all extremely important. Mm -hmm. I don't want to minimize any of that. This virus has killed a lot of people and has, has caused major disruptions to everyone's life. And it, you know, is really, really serious. It's very serious. But at the same still time, the, and we're still in the before time, you know, we're still yeah, in the exactly. early days of this, so we don't, it's we, we don't want to look back on anything that we said now today in sort of the early, the early onset of this and, and feel bad about that. And we're, yeah. we're going to be really careful about that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, so Hopefully, all obviously. of that, I, w- I want to put all that on the table, but I also recognize, look, man, this is weird, right? Uh-huh. We, yeah. I mean, this isn't making light. This is just being a human in mm-hmm. the year 2020. Yeah. 
this is weird, man. Like everyone's inside and every it's not just being inside all day and, and 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 not going out and not, you know, hanging out with your buds like you normally do. That's weird. It's everything is weird, man. Yeah. Like, you know, Stephen Colbert did a show from a bathtub. You know, put it on YouTube. I don't even know if the late show knew he was doing that. He was in a suit in a bathtub. Things are just getting weird. Have you listened to any? Okay. I'm a big podcast listener. I love yeah, podcasts. I, I probably uh-huh. listen like 10, 12 hours a week. I, even podcasts are getting weird. Most people who film, who record podcasts do it from their houses anyway. So why are they acting all weird? Yeah. Like I've been listening to one show. It's like, hey, welcome to the quarantine episode. And Jimmy J, are you there? Oh, I'm on the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. I recorded from my basement. It's like Jimmy G. He always records from his basement. Like, who are you fooling? This isn't Saturday Night Live. Your podcast doesn't require, you know, a, a, a live studio audience. But it's like even 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 podcasts have got weird. Everything. It's like we're living in this surreal world that that, it, you know, that it, it just it, listen. I think there's a lot of ways that you can approach all of this. One is with fear and anxiety. And I think there's a thing of like, there's a healthy fear out there. But the other thing is just to be like, man, the world has changed hard in a week. You know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of, uh, we've all, we've all gotten the emails from our, from, from local restaurants, uh, bars we go to. It's explaining and kind of, it's been like a escalating thing of at first, like we're going to add in an extra little cleaning solution. You know, we're going to, we're taking an hour in the more extra hour, the more extra. Hour. That was, that, that feels like months ago. That was like three days ago. And now, you know, now they're just straight up shutting down, obviously. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, which is very understandable. And I'm glad they kept me up to date and and I, i'm glad that a lot of these places not as many of them as maybe should have but a lot of them are taking it seriously but i also got like an email from everlane an online yeah. clothing like okay. I, i'm not I, I, I don't care what you guys do for, like, <laughs> that's the other thing too man. that's the other thing too it's like it's you know and i i don't think i'm the first person to make this observation but i literally know the coronavirus plans of every store i've ever shopped in that, that or anyone that ever has the email <laughs> Like my personal email. I got an email from like Express, which I haven't yeah. shopped at an Express yeah. in the like, mall like in like prom. 10 years. Yeah, but now exactly. I know their coronavirus <laughs> protocols. You know, Urban Outfitters. I wonder what they're doing for coronavirus. Oh, I got five emails for them explaining it. It's, you know, I knew it's, I knew how serious the Olive Garden was taking all of this before I knew what the White House's plan was. That's how, that's how, that's how strange, that's how quickly Olive they had to react. Yeah, that's right. Thank yeah. you, Olive Garden. Yeah, thanks, Olive Garden. I knew that you're plan to deal with to mitigate this crisis was to do curbside pickup and limited breadsticks for the white house i was hearing a couple days ago that this was the regular flu like this is weird man let's just call it what it is this is all super super weird you know (laughs) i think that this is a uh i think that the, the weirdness does not, yeah, it, it can be concerning on one hand, serious on one hand, and also just very strange and provide a lot of opportunity for like, I, I did, I, I, I tried it and I'm doing another one tonight, but we had our first like online happy hour situation. Uh, kind of like we we called up a few friends on Skype, like like uh, like you would like we usually do for the podcast, but just for the sake of hanging out. We we we, we made, made some food. Like we that. all sat down around our computers together. And you know what? I was kind of thinking this is going to be awkward. Like this this isn't going to work, right? Because you know it, it can be tough to do the online like social hangout yeah. thing. Like it can it can 
it works all right in a business professional setting. We've had to get pretty good at it, you and I, Jesse, because this has yeah. been how 95% of our friendship has played out over the last few years. Uh, but these, but I didn't think it was going to work. You know what? We had a good time. It was like, it was like an yeah. hour and a half. We, we had a lot of fun. We, we just chat, you know, you had to get over some of the initial like awkwardness of it, but it's not like you don't have anything to talk about right now. Yeah, it, it's like, if anything, this is going to accelerate like hologram technology from Black Panther, <laughs> where you can just be like, hey, what's up, man? And I'm just like the, the hologram oh, of me. Dude. Or like, dude, this the is Oculus. why we... Yeah, the Oculus promised us that this would not be a problem. And guess what? <laughs> Have you guys been to Best Buy and used one of those Oculuses? Like, I know, I'm sure there's people who are going to defend VR as like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, man, I have a VR kit. It's super cool. Like two years ago, when Facebook bought Oculus, they're like, this is going to change the, you know, they had that commercial where like Jonah Hill is sitting courtside at a Knicks game with like Martin Scorsese. You're like, oh, this is what it's going to be like. Have you guys gone? Have you tried the Oculus? It takes like 15 minutes (laughs) to get get set up. And it's like, it's still, and it's like, even when it's set up, it's like, it's kind of blurry. It's kind of blurry. And all you're thinking is, I hope I don't fall down in the middle of a Best Buy and like knock (laughs) over a flat screen TV because like Darth Vader is approaching me. I I, hope, I, I hope I don't like wildly flail my arms and knock over a boom box from Best Buy. You know, the it kind of reminds you of, it reminds me of the, do you remember being a little kid? I, I think this was probably like an early example of this for people in, in our general age bracket and uh, going to see the, the, the 1990s beauty and the beast in theaters or, or, or Lion King, maybe Lion and King, they had, Lion King. And then, and when the wildebeest stampede happens, they switch to computer, to like they mm-hmm. go without a hand drawn animation to computers, yeah. and you're kind of like, mm, I don't think this technology was ready for prime time. Like <laughs> it, it, it feels <laughs> like a bit like they really bit. rushed something because they're like this. These just look like brown but, well, blobs. Yeah, even when like Mark Zuckerberg rolled out the the the, the Oculus, like in that yeah, disaster, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, watch this. I can go. I can go take a tour of of the aftermath of the earthquake in Haiti and learn about the devastation. <laughs> and there's this goofy cartoon, like crudely cra- cartoon Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> like just like walking, you know, down a, a, a disaster area. It's like, okay, why don't we figure, why don't we figure the avatar? Why don't the avatars be a little less whimsical? If you're going to use this technology to sort <laughs> so like disaster areas, <laughs> you look, you look like a character from like Doug from nineties, Nickelodeon. You know what I mean? Like a classic. <laughs> It'll look like it'll it'll look like it'll remind the technology's at the point now where it'll remind me I it, it, uh, quarantine fever setting in. I decided to uh, I, I I whipped out I, I pulled out the old Nintendo sixty four right and uh, nice. and booted booted that bad boy up to see how sixty four was looking. Put in GoldenEye and guys, I don't know how we played GoldenEye even <laughs> when it was the best video game technology had to offer because I. You're you're looking around and I can't tell if that is a pack of ammo or a tree or somebody <laughs> I'm supposed to shoot or an ally. It, they're all just black pixels yeah. that stand there and have it some sort of weird face. It wouldn't no, even hold up on an It looks, it, it is, it's like concerning how bad it was. And the fact that it was one point I was like, it's like, we're really there. It's like I'm. It's like I'm really James Bond. <laughs> this. This is. We really, the future. The future has come. <laughs> I'm, this is how. This is how desperate it is. Where it's. You know. Last Wednesday night, I'm watching the uh-huh. NBA. 
Okay, and that's when you know everyone's over the door. We're not even a week in, and Tyler is rummaging through his attic to find old, antiquated (laughs) forms of entertainment. It's it's Tuesday. That happened on Wednesday. Thing I've done so far to pass the time. And he's dusting, you know, well, listen, and this is going to come up. We're going to do a special segment after Barry's interview. Everyone listen to the whole interview because it's really helpful stuff. But we're going to do a special segment later where Tyler and I each give five Netflix recommendations to get you through quarantine. I'm just going to tease one out now since we're talking about this. Okay. And, and I don't I don't care if you guys make fun of me or not. You know what I've been getting heavy into lately? Oh, I'm heavy. Okay. Is is I'll sit there on the couch with my wife and we'll fire up some Jeopardy. And no dude, shame in that. I no understand shame in that. because no they have a lot no of good collections on Netflix and they keep cycling uh-huh. them in and out. So there's fresh episodes last night where we were doing this. And one of the cla- what you know, it, one of the categories was George Clooney movies. And I looked her dead in the eye and said, I'm going to run that. Whole <laughs> I'm going to run it. And then guess what? I did. I, I would have beat the guy who won. The guy who won, legit, this isn't me. This is just saying how locked in I was. You know, I, I think I would have I I won that episode. I don't think I would have gone on. Yeah. But if you do it enough, you're, you, you just have those sweet spots where you're like, I think I got like, I got Nothing Final better, Jeopardy. Yeah. I got Final Jeopardy. Nice. Final Jeopardy is pretty hard. No better, no better feeling than knowing the Jeopardy answer when nobody else does. It's rare. It doesn't oh, happen I was a lot. But it is a- I was fist pumping and I was taunting the only person in my room in, in, in the room with me, which was my wife. I was going, boom, boom, final Jeopardy. Boom. Boom. And guess what? I bet it all. True. True daily double, Alex. Make it a true. A true daily double, guys, is when you put it all on. When you put it all. You bet it all. Make it a true, Alex. Yeah. Uh, all right so play for keeps play for keeps <laughs> so we've got a lot more we've got a lot more quarantine content to coming your way later today we're going to take a quick break when we come back slices i got house in the carriage yet i got black love and marriage yet they gonna say you can't have it but i'm like don't kill the messenger we gonna break the stigma up hugs the boost turn the obamas it ain't about where you been where you from what you got is all about love self-love is the best love when you go take that wristband off that petite party been over don't need makeup to dress you up i gave birth on the bathroom floor just me iman and headphone calls don't let this life defeat you i hope this message reach you throw your hands up you're listening to we got love by tayana taylor at the beginning of the podcast you heard new killers Caution by the Killers. Slices is going to be brought to you by our new church leadership podcast called. Jesse, you want to tell them about it? Yeah. So called is our, like you said, Tyler, it's a, it's a podcast specially made for people in church leadership. Each week we have uh, leaders and activists and thinkers and pastors like John Eldridge, Julia Veach, Eugene Cho, Rebecca Lyons, N.T. Wright, Kim Walker-Smith, Darius Daniels. A ton, a ton of names. We, we really try to get uh, a, a diverse uh, collection of names to so speak into issues that pastors and people in church leadership deal with on a day to day basis. Everything from, you know, how to be more effective at, at, at outreach and meeting the needs of the congregation, but also meeting the needs of 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 pastors themselves. So one episode, you might be about how worship time can be more effectively incorporated into the ministry time. But one episode might be about protecting marriages for people that are in ministry or soul care for pastors, mental health for pastors, which is a really big deal. But it's also really timely. You know, obviously, like a lot of people, we called an audible this week on the episode that we already had recorded. And we are uh, doing an episode 
on how churches uh, can manage the coronavirus crisis. So if you're in church leadership or know someone who is, or just want to kind of be informed about some of the issues that that uh, church leaders are dealing with, check out Called. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Now it is time to look back at our some of our favorite stories that came across our desks this week. It's time for Slices. Jesse, what do you got? Guys, mine is that Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots. So it just was trending. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was kind of. <laughs> Tom Brady, it, the football player? Yeah. Wasn't it kind of nice to see something trending on Twitter that was, that, that was, that was just a reminder of, you know, like, oh, there's other stuff. There's trivial things that we can discuss that, that. The world's still turning. Yeah. That, that, that introduces some levity. Obviously, Tom Brady is the long time. You know, he's been on the Patriots quarter. He's been the Patriots quarterback for like 20 years, you know, and, he, and he's announcing that he's changing teams. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, it. But that's not my slice. I, I actually we're going to I mean, <laughs> I, mine are coronavirus related or Corona crisis related. But again, I don't want to make light, but I, I just I, I do want to kind of underscore how weird this all is, you know, just like what mm-hmm. a bizarre and I hopefully to kind of pointing out how bizarre and surreal this is will inspire people to take the you know all the precautions seriously because we wouldn't upend our whole way of life if it wasn't very serious but uh jared leto do you guys have any thoughts on jared leto i, I, I do chandler i know you're big time big time 30 seconds to mars fan. <laughs> 30 seconds. oh yeah huge yeah, i saw yeah. i saw the sticker band. i saw saw the stickers <laughs> on your guitar case um okay. i mean t- it is yeah. it is impressive that he's you know at the level he is acting wise and in music, whether you like his band or not, like that's, or that's his acting be, or more his acting. And he's yeah, a model yeah. too. I mean, he was the model yeah, for, 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 yeah, he's done a lot of things. But Tyler, what's your, what's your Jared Leto take real quick? I'm not trying to like, I, you know, dump I, on I the guy. I can't say I'm a fan. Okay. You know, Fair, the, uh, he's, he's a handsome guy. You. He's yeah. a handsome guy. I got to give him credit where it's due. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good looking. He's got his hair, his eyes. He's beautiful. Uh, but that's no excuse for being what feels like kind of insufferable in a lot of ways, just being a hey, 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 he's the front man for three SM. That's what I call. That's what the fans call 30 seconds to Mars. So watch yourself. <laughs> watch yourself when you're talking three right. SM. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, so uh, he posted this on Instagram and this is because okay. I've actually thought about you, you guys know me in like thought experiments. You know, I, I kind of just entertain oh, sure. myself sometimes by, by thinking about just, y- you know, plausible, but weird scenarios. And I've thought about like, what if you were like, what if like two months ago you went into a coma and you just woke up today? You know, how crazy would it be? <laughs> that would be wild. Like to just just to be like, oh, man, yeah. oh, that, you know, like it like in the like you come to like a fun coma, bed, uh, yeah, like yeah. a fun coma, like like a right. coconut falls on your head. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that gotcha. used to happen on sitcoms, yeah. not like yeah. a bad yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And you wake up and you're like, oh, my gosh, well, what is going on? Well, this actually happened to Jared Leto this week. <clears throat> So he wrote this on Instagram. Wow. 12 days ago, I began a silent meditation in the desert, which of course, right he did. there. Dude, that's that's right what there. I'm saying. Insufferable. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who goes on a 12? Good for you, man. Okay. So 12 days ago, he posted this on Instagram. 12 days ago, I began a silent meditation in the desert. We were totally isolated. No phone, no communication. We had no idea what was happening outside the facility. Walked out yesterday into a very different world. One that's been changed forever. Mind blowing to say the least. Can you imagine, you know, leaving what I picture as like a giant, you know, 
like what, yeah. like Joshua Tree, or like what? De- where somewhere, you know? D- yeah, and, and and it's and it's literally a silent retreat. So you're not even mm-hmm. speaking to each other, much less. And, and you finally like, ah, oh, it's With over. Your mind, maybe. I, I, my mind yeah. is clear. My uh-huh. mind is clear. Let me let me fire up my phone and you know see what news just, notifications. And yeah. you look at your phone after 12 days, and you're just like, oh my gosh. I can't believe this. I've never seen, and this, this is something that in my lifetime, I never thought would happen. Right. This is a different world today. Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots. <laughs> this is shocking. And then you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll see what others, what else is going on in the world. You know, <laughs> let, me, let me fire up the news. <laughs> What a shocking. It, it, it also, it, 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 Tyler, we talked about this uh, uh, earlier too. The right now they are in the middle of filming Big Brother Germany, which mm-hmm. is uh, uh, Big Brother is a show. I've, I confession, I've never seen an episode. I can't of Big say Brother. I've seen an episode yeah, of Big neither. Brother. Yeah, I, but I know the premise, which is they put people. I mean, it's it's basically. <laughs> it's like the original. It's like one of the OG reality tv it, yeah. shows it's, it's been around for a long time from my understanding it's survive it's survivor without any survival it's like <laughs> instead of instead of people having to do cool you know stuff on an island somewhere they're just in a mansion with like hot tubs everywhere you know um so but they also you know there's no tvs they take their phones and there's no internet so you're there in the big brother house and being filmed for a reality show but you don't have any contact with the outside world well they've been there for like a, they've been there for a while now filming this and people in the big brother house in germany the producers made the decision up to now to not tell them what was going on with the coronavirus. I guess their policy is the only way that they give them news from the outside world if one of them has like a f- sick family member or something. But hey, this, it, this caused like a national outrage in Germany that like, what a weird position to be in as a reality TV show producer to have uh-huh. to, to deal with this weird ethical quandary, right? And so, uh, you know, after this caused a national outcry, that that these people are in this house. Obviously, they're protected from they're 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 already in their they're own isolated. Yeah, exactly. They, they 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 are doing what we all should be doing. Um, but after a national outrage, they decided that tonight. Uh, so I guess evening Tuesday. time in Germany that they are going to reveal to them in a in a special a TV special what is happening, which really? also seems very exploitive to me. Yeah, but <laughs> Not but better. could you? But can you imagine being one of those people in that house? One day you are, you know, your main concern is how much time you spent in one of the hot tubs, you know, and it's like, uh, probably, probably not great for the skin at this point, you know, like, and next thing they tell you this, like, what a weird, it's just so crazy that, that all of this has happened in the course of a couple of days. I would not personally, and I don't know, probably a different type of person to go, to be on Big Brother, but I would... I would react to that really poorly. Like I, yeah. that would not like that would be like to be on live TV. I mean, to be for it to be kept from me is like one thing that'd be upsetting as it was, but also that I don't get a chance to process. They have to process this on live television. I would feel like this would maybe not go over super well with a lot of, with, with some of the big brother personalities. Yeah, I well, but that's what they want. They want to cause, you know, people to have weird yeah. emotional reactions to things I know, because I know. That's, that's the reality, reality TV is, but it just seems yeah, that's probably not the the greatest um 
Yeah, I don't know. Just a, it, like I said, man, th- there's no way to process all of this. It, there's no context for yeah, what is happening no, right yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, the only context we have are like movies and don't go watch them because they're always, you, you know, they're just going to make any fears worse because they're yeah. crazy heightened. Hi- hyperbolic. You know. kinda, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's just no context for understanding how to deal with all of this. There know? is a, uh, so, so my slice that I'm bringing is, is sort of a spinoff from the pan. Everything's got like some connection to the pandemic right now, but, but this, this goes off in some different directions. Um, so I, I, so this, this clip got passed around quite a bit. Did you both see this clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger? I, I did. Thanks to you. I did not. I did. Thanks uh, to you. Okay. Okay. The, da, and, da, and, Jamie, and let me preface this. No, on, let me preface this by saying, Everything is getting weird. This is making everything weird. And this just confirms <laughs> that's one thing. In this case, in this case, the weirdness like predated the coronavirus thing. And this was just how we found out about it. This just ah. shined a light okay. on something taking place in the former governor of California's uh mansion. I'd have to assume that uh that we that we needed to be aware of, frankly. I uh, I won't we, we can we can put in a little clip we can put in a clip of it after the podcast. That's fine. We don't need to play it. Here necessarily, but it is a visual. It is a visual video. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, for uh, uh, for the benefit of Twitter, posted a video of himself giving honestly very good advice about staying in, staying away yeah. from restaurants. And his Arnold, you know, he did. He has the voice, so it sounds better than most people do. When they say it, but but just giving very sound count. And Arnold's seventy one years old right now, I think. So he's you know he's he needs to be a little more careful than even most people yeah. do no matter how healthy is, which is very, but as you watch the video, you see, you see Arnold two that we know of two indoor pets walk up. One of which is a miniature pony. The other of which is a donkey. They live inside with him. Their names, their names are whiskey and Lulu. He, he says, you'll hear him say, you, you can hear him say, talk about how excited he is to have whiskey and Lulu to himself for a few days and that the three of them are going to stay inside together. He grabs their heads, these animals heads and like brings them in together for a big group hug that they don't look excited about. (laughs) I know. I don't know. I can't read miniature horse facial expression super well, but Uh my amateur opinion is that they don't look enthused by this, but otherwise I guess when you have Arnold Schwarzenegger money, you can just buy whatever exotic animals you want and let them roam around. I don't know why you couldn't have a donkey in your house. It doesn't seem super well, listen, It sounds like that mini horse and that donkey are just as not feeling this quarantine as everybody else. Like <laughs> yeah. they got to spend it. Get down! Get down! Whiskey! Get down! Whiskey's like, dude, I'm just sitting right here. In the, you, I'm an indoor pony. Where am I going to go? The bridge is out! You idiot! Get down, Whiskey! <laughs> It's like, dude, I am for some reason, I'm already, I already have those undignified existence of all of God's creatures and indoor house pony for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Please don't demean me by screaming. Get down, whiskey! <laughs> like, I've already been humiliated enough. My, my relatives are stallions that are running free. I'm an indoor house my pony. Ancestors. My yeah, ancestors. I'm an indoor house pony for... <laughs> Yeah, you know, my my uncle was in a Clint Eastwood movie. 
<laughs> I'm an indoor house pony for Arnold Schwarzenegger, for an ex, you know, action star. Although, to yeah. be fair to, to to Arnold here, this is a good. If you have Arnold Schwarzenegger money and you want an exotic pet that you don't have to keep caged, you know, you don't have to keep locked up in a special plexiglass room in your house or something like that. This is not a bad option because a big cat, and that's going to be a problem. You can't do you can't do something like that. Hey, uh, like a wolf or whatever, that's obviously not going to work. And there's, you hear examples, you hear stories about people yeah. trying to get dangerous animals and, and yeah. that goes awry really quickly. I don't, a miniature horse is like exotic enough to be like, Oh wow, that's a, that's a wild time. But you don't have to do anything different other than I imagine the cleanup is real. That's, yeah, that's an issue, I, I, but he's got, but fair. he doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think the mini horse is going to respect the puppy pad situation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it is true. I mean, if you're going exotic indoor animal, I feel like the mini horse is is a good option. It's an like option. I said, it, 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 because you don't want to go like white tiger. You don't want to go. You don't want to yeah. go something that you're wondering. Like here's here's my fear with a chimp. I think it'd be awesome to have a chimp. Like I think it'd just be really cool. Sure. But you don't. But you don't want to wake up if you own like if you own like a primate or a tiger or something cool like that. You wake up every day going, "Is today the day?" Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. today this the day that that chimp decides that he that he wants to be the man of the house is today <laughs> the day that i'm going to have to fight the chimp like or the white tiger or whatever like that's why a mini horse a mini horse knows you know i'm not going to make a run at arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> yes he's 70 but it's a mini horse for a 70 year old arnold schwarzenegger i still got to take terminator but he's still got yeah 150 pounds on a miniature oh, horse easily. and the donkey. The, let's not forget the, but what I think is a donkey. I'm not, I don't know. I, he didn't say what they are. At it what looks point, to me like a miniature horse and a donkey. At what point does Arnold Schwarzenegger in his big mansion somewhere get so bored during the quarantine <laughs> that he just decides it's time to, I'm going to start riding you guys. I got to ride it. Uh, like, like one day he comes downstairs in jeans and cowboy boots and the dog, <laughs> and wh- what are their names? Whiskey and whiskey and Lulu whiskey and Lulu look at each other and like, Oh no, we knew this was coming. We, we knew there'd be this a was day inevitable. he was going to wake up and be like, I'm going to try to start riding them. Why? Well, I, I got nothing else to do. It's his version of pulling down a Nintendo 64 from the attic. You know, it's like, well, I've exhausted every other option I have. It's time to learn to ride whiskey and Lulu. Do you, you think, know? do you think if the extended family was quarantined, do you think him and Chris Pratt are going to race? Like one of them gets the donkey, the other one gets the mini horse and they just set yeah, up some right. sort of like an obstacle course around the mansion. See well, who you, you bring is. up a good point. I, I I always forget now. You know, uh, Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt is the son of yeah. Uh, he married Catherine Schwarzenegger. I actually have her book. Uh, you know, I actually lent it uh, to a neighbor. Um, but uh, you know, it, so it is. It is plausible that right now in the same house are Chris Pratt. Catherine Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and two mini horses, donkeys. And they're wondering, too. And here's the other thing, too. Whiskey and Lulu are wondering, like, how bad is this going to get? Because... I'm not trying to go dark here, yeah, but, but if there's really a run. If, yeah. if they're out of toilet paper, it's only a matter of time before they're out of meat. And Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. seems like a guy that probably regularly eats weird stuff like horse meat. You know, like he's the type of guy who just like well, need- if you bump that, that he's like a big advocate for eating like wild elk or something. And Whiskey and Lulu are like, so. like, how long, how long <laughs> after him riding us face is he thinking about having a barbecue? It's a slippery You know what slope. I mean? It is. It is. It's, it's a slippery man, slope. The one thing I know about Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's got to get his protein. He's got to get his animal protein, and uh-huh. he's going to get it from somewhere. You know, 
So he can't, I, you he know, can't hit the gym for anymore. I assume he has a gym. I assume Arnold Schwarzenegger has a home gym, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's probably got Gold's gym set up right there. And uh, this was a this was a this is going to be a slight detour from this, and we'll see if this makes it in. But I was listening to Dax Shepard last yeah. week, okay. and uh, he had on uh, two two guests. Uh, he had Kamel Nanjiani and Rob McElhaney on. To, yeah. together to talk about male body dysmorphia, right? Which is an okay. interesting conversation. You don't hear yeah. quite as much, although it's becoming a little more of a conversation about like male body image and what uh, the, the, the cultural pressures that, that men might face with regards to their bodies, which is obviously not, uh, there, there's a big gap in gender and how these uh, pressures play out. And it, it's quite different, but it is on the rise. You can chart a, a rise in this. And yeah. uh, and these are three guys who are all uh, pretty well known for hitting the gym a lot. Kamel recently yeah. so underwent a pretty radical body transformation so for his Rob next McElhaney movie, and Rob our, did yeah. too for his for for Always Sunny for a season in Always Sunny. And Dax talks about working out quite a bit. So they were discussing some of this, and it was a there were some interesting parts of the conversation. I, I did appreciate Kamel's talk about it too, especially since he grew up in Pakistan and just had a very different. Uh, early experience with what like the ideal male body image type was, which for him was Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time. And so then they went around and said, who was when you were a kid uh, as a little boy, who was your ideal male body type? What was your like, what was the, like the all time great uh, and and has it changed since then? It hadn't changed for any of them. They talked uh, to a celebrity trainer and he said, who do you think the number one most requested when you, when the celebs, when the male celebs come to me, they say, I want to look like this person from this movie. Who do you think it would be? Any guesses? I'm going to say Brad Pitt Fight Club. Brad Pitt Fight Club. That's a good one. Jesse's right. Jesse's right. It is Brad Pitt is Fight it really? Club. But yeah. Yeah. That was the, the, I didn't still, listen. I swear. Still, I swear. I didn't listen no, to, you got, to that. Episode. Yeah. You got off the, I, I, I would, I don't think I would have guessed that, but that, but that no, was I've been playing a lot of, I've been playing a lot of Jeopardy on Netflix. <laughs> we can wrap this up before we lose the entirety of our podcast. This is just what I've been thinking about <laughs> under self quarantine. I mean, listen, the, the mind goes strange places. The mind goes strange places. I think the minute we yeah. said Fight Club, the, the, the woman listenership of this podcast just checked out. That's it. Yeah. That's it. No one, yeah. but it was, but it was a, that, that is an interesting and the, the change in it. I think the more like the, even just charting some of the differences from like some of those early superhero movies with the X-Men days to now, it, they just get bigger and bigger and more and more unrealistic and frankly, more unhealthy and implausible for yeah. like a normal person to get every single year. I blame, and, and I think we can place all the blame on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just he like started. Kamel started. And as we say this right now, he, Arnold Schwarzenegger is bench pressing and preparing to eat with Lulu and Whiskey for the protein. So just this is, this is where that unhealthy... Whiskey in the other. Yeah, just like, just to get a couple more sets in before he <laughs> indulges in some, some lean protein. Uh, this, is, this is where, this is what you've wrought, Arnold. Thank you. Way to go. <laughs> Chandler, Get you the have- chopper, whiskey. <laughs> the chopper. <laughs> Whiskey's just staring at him, dead eyed. Like, just eat me. Just do it, Arnold. Just eat me. Just that's what I it's coming what, to. Chandler, you've got your house plants, obviously. Yeah, your uh, your exotic company, your exotic pets. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got it. I've got a dog. I've got Willie over here. Not very exotic. Not about as standard as a as an American pet can get. Jesse, I know you don't have pets. Uh, you said chimpanzee, but you're aware of the gamble that you're taking 
with your yeah. life and the life of your family with a chimp in the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a matter of time. What would your exotic if you were if you were going to go exotic in a way that would be would be safe for the family to provide a little extra levity in these in these stressful times, where would you go? It would probably be something that like like an emu or 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 something like Pretty that. Big. Like like it would be a giant two-legged bird. Well, I guess all birds are two-legged, but but a bird, <laughs> I know what you mean, a like bird that doesn't fly. Or something. Yeah. yeah, a bird that doesn't because I think it's hilarious. I'm like, dude, you're a bird. Like your whole deal is flying, and all you can do <laughs> you is run fast. Do that. Like, what are your wings even for, emu? Like, <laughs> I would have one of those because I think they're funny, and they're another animal that I think I know. I think I've seen people riding them online, and it'd yeah, be like I, think you I kind ride of. Them. I kind of like how could could like, you know, everyone thinks it's totally normal when people walk other, uh, you know, animals that were never meant to just be walked around the uh-huh. neighborhood. Like if you uh-huh. see somebody walking a couple of dogs, not a big deal. If you're in certain parts of the country and someone's like riding a horse, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. They're riding a horse. Yeah, yeah. How would you like to be in an American neighborhood and you just see some guy <laughs> blasting down the horse on the back of an ostrich? Hey, what's up, neighbor? And you're just trotting down the road. And it's like, why is this a big deal? What, who, who's to say it's weird to ride an ostrich when you're walking a bunch of dogs and carrying bags of their poop in your hand? Who's the weird one? Who's the crazy one? The guy riding around on a, on a, on a bird that's actually super fast and super fun or the person walking around with a bunch of dogs carrying bags of poop acting like that's not a big deal. I'm just telling you, I think it'd be a short time before perception change on giant birds. That's it. I think it could you know? pretty easily become like a thing. Like kind of how scooters have their moment. And, yeah. uh, and, and uh, <laughs> but you could pitch this as like the more natural organic response. So, so like, hold on. So what you're suggesting is that in all the major cities where there's just like lime scooters that you uh-huh. can just unlock with your phone, and which let's face it town. are not, they're not optimal. They, they're, they're now they get crowded. So you're and, saying there's a bunch of ostriches with saddles on them that are just, <laughs> yeah. you know, leashed yeah. up to like light posts and you can just like, Hey buddy, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going down, <laughs> I'm <laughs> going out to dinner and I don't feel like driving tonight, you know? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it, I think you could privatize it. I think the right like Silicon Valley company could hire, train, and then just leave these out like we do with the scooters. Leave these ostriches on little leashes. Yep, uh, with some bird seed or whatever. With some bird seed, yeah, whatever. whatever they, you know, whatever a nest. Eat. I don't know what they. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Do they need a nest? <laughs> sure, birds need nests. Yeah, very we, unclear we, with those large two. The the birds that just run fast. It's very unclear. Anything I know very little about that. Can if they it even was, sit down? I don't. It, it, if so. there was a Jeopardy category called fast birds, I would just be like, no, no, no. Just, <laughs> the, just give me another. I need another category. I need another category. You can have this one, Ken Jennings. You know. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for Slices. Stay tuned when we come back. Barry Rodriguez joins us. You're listening to Range Rover by Porches. 
Well, Barry Rodriguez is the associate senior pastor at Grace Church in Noblesville, Indiana. Barry is passionate about creating diverse, loving communities and helping people find their destiny and healing the world in Jesus' name. He has traveled extensively in the developing world and longs to use passionate storytelling to motivate people to action. Along with being a pastor, Barry and his wife Olivia are working on their dream to develop a permaculture animal rescue farm. I recently spoke with Barry about how the church can effectively address the coronavirus situation. I, I Barry, full disclosure, Barry is uh, somebody who I've known for uh, several years now, and I've really admired the work that he does at Grace Church in Indiana. I've been seeing their ministry from a distance and admired so much about the, the the innovative and unique ways this church has gone about tackling problems in the community with a, with a very compassionate and, and very intelligent spirit. So I was eager to see how he would handle this one, uh, this, this new pandemic, and, and the, the church certainly did not disappoint. And, and I also just appreciate Barry's honesty and, and grappling with some of the concerns and tensions that, that he and the church are dealing with and that we are all going to have to deal with here in the coming days and weeks. So I, I, I was, uh, I, I very much enjoyed the conversation that we had and, uh, I will play the most of that conversation for, you now. here's Barry Rodriguez. And in, in what ways do you feel like the, the like past couple of years uh, on this job, uh, working at a church have prepared you for something like this? And what ways do you feel like you've been caught? Like you need to like do something, uh, that you've never prepared for or even thought about having to do before. I think in some ways I've, I've been, I mean, apart from just being exposed to like people's changing patterns in what church even means to them. I mean, we've had our, our live stream more as just a passive thing for, you know, a, a couple of few years now. And so, uh, but we've never, we've never had the chat enabled. We've never really put much energy into it, but, it, but at least getting a sense that people are getting more and more comfortable in using it has prepared us for the ability to, or at least the idea of going with it. And so that's just from a technical standpoint, we, and, and we've been doing more things like I've been um, doing more. Uh, I, I do like Facebook live Bible Q and a things for our congregation. And so people are become we're becoming a little bit more comfortable with the idea of connecting with one another outside of the physical space. So in a, in a sense, that's been preparing us for it. And I would say, in a sense that we are being, I, I felt prepared a little bit because I've been exposed to some of the, um, the deep anxieties that are really prevalent in our culture and the, the, the weight that so many people carry the weight of fear, the weight of the unknown. Um, and so when this has all kind of come about, I've been able to probably be a little bit more ahead of the curve in, in understanding and expecting how people are going to be responding emotionally. And so I'm able to, share some of our messaging and, and make sure that I'm not just talking about health, but I'm also talking about the psychological safety that needs to come from knowing that you're not alone in this, that we yeah. are going to support you through this, you know? So that's been kind of helping to prepare what has not, what I don't think I've been prepared for is the fact that um, when, when you are now having to, for example, I'm having to make choices now about how and when to meet with people how do I offer pastoral care to people when it's probably in their and my best interest not to be face to face? Um, how do I, you know, what do we do? The CDC just changed the recommendation to eight weeks of no, yeah, no gatherings yeah. of 50 or more. So it's not just a couple of weekends trying something new, but like, how do we do church for two months without 
anyone being in the same room <laughs> except. And so that's, that's been a bit unprecedented. And, um, and I also also say we have our, our care center, which is this incredible, like choice food pantry. We've got a, you know, a co-op and micro loans and car care ministry. And so we have this really phenomenal care center, um, which if anything is going to be prepared to meet the needs of people who are isolated, it's, it's our care center, but we also have to make some really hard decisions about, okay, we can't just let everybody come in and volunteer because right. then we're bringing the virus into the building. So we have to be really selective on who is able to do the work, but at the same time, we need to ramp it up. So it's this mix of like, we're partly prepared and partly caught off guard and just doing our best to get, to get up to speed so that we can, um, respond to the needs of our neighbors and protect those who are vulnerable in our community. When you uh, when you first realized this was going to cause an actual disruption, uh, tell me about like the cha- the messaging challenges because there's a we saw a lot of especially earlier last week. We don't want to give into fear. We want to keep living our lives. We don't want this thing to like right. beat us. How did you, right. um, as a pastor and a leader, how how did you frame your messaging around something like that? Yeah, um, people know who are a part of our church. People know that we are a church that cares a lot about justice. We care a lot. We we always talk about healing the broken places of our world. And this, so for us to, um, to have a crisis like this, it would be no surprise to people that we would frame it of healing the brokenness of the world, including injustice. So we, from the very outset framed this and thought of it ourselves as an opportunity to protect the vulnerable. Um, I know a lot of churches in their messaging, they started by saying, you know, your safety and health is our utmost priority, but that's not true for us. It is true that that matters. But what really, really matters to us is that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, where we can actually care for hurting neighbors, protect those who are vulnerable. And so for us, um, it, it, that was the way we framed it and said, look, this, this it's an unnegotiable for us that we are going to protect those who are elderly, who are highly susceptible to this disease. And if that means not meeting in person, then that's Mm -hmm. just what we're going to do. And so that was the way that we framed it. Um, And so, I mean, mostly people really resonated with it and we had a lot of really positive response. Um, People feeling like, yeah, that's right. That's what this church is about. And they were really glad to be a part of it. Something that that I've like kind of realized, or I, I realized on Sunday, is I, I've known, as you know, I've, I've known all my life that we don't go to church; we are the church, and the, and the church is the by. But not having a church to go to still feels like a big, like it still feels like a, a an absence. You still feel that that gulf there. Um, and it's, and it's, it hits a little harder, I think, than probably a lot of people thought or would expect it to. So in the coming week, you're not talking about just, uh, you know, we can obviously live stream sermons and music and, and people can do that, but have you given any thought to how to make sure that people still feel connected and, and looked after by the people they would call their church over the coming, what was going to be a couple of weeks and now looks like might be a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We have. So um, first of all, we are, we're trying to be proactive and not reactive when it comes to communicating with our congregants. Obviously it's, we're going to respond anytime someone needs prayer or pastoral concern. We want to be able to even meet digitally or via video with 
with congregants who need to to speak one on one. But we're also trying to be proactive in um, going after those that are that are in our congregation. So we're starting by trying to equip our life group leaders or our, you know, our small group leaders to make sure that they are checking in with their their community. Um, and then we're also going to be working on compiling a list of anybody who falls into a category of potentially higher risk, either higher risk of the disease or higher risk of being isolated. Um, those who are not in a small group, those who are not, uh, who are maybe uh, of an older demographic. And we want to then start following up with them and calling them and emailing them and just making sure that, that we're reaching out to them rather than waiting for them to to reach out to us. So um, that's part of it. We're also looking at ways that we can do things. I mean, using the technology that we have, we want to make sure that we are providing uh, like uh, one of our, our teaching pastors. Uh, he has a, a Bible class every week, but the, a lot of the people who go are of a much more, they're more uh, likely to be in, in a, have a severe infection because they, their age demographic and everything. And so we're looking for how do we, what can we do to either record it or put it online or have it live as a way for people to still participate? Um, I'm going to, I've been doing this now for a couple of years, but periodically I'll do seasons where I'll do um, like a Facebook live Q and a kind of thing, just to kind of talk about the sermon and scripture. And we've got our ongoing podcast and all that kind of stuff. We want to ramp up and make sure people are having touch points throughout the week. Um, and then we also are, and we don't have anything solidified yet, but we are looking at what it would mean or how could we potentially create um, opportunities for people to gather digitally for prayer and have pr like a prayer gathering, prayer meeting online, and, and perhaps even to start working with some of the other churches in our area um, to partner with them and have something of a coalition of prayer and, and all of that. But it's so early in the process that I don't have any specifics to give you. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of what we're talking about as far as trying to meet people throughout the, throughout the week. So it's not just the live stream on Sunday. That was Barry Rodriguez. Next up, we've got some quarantine Netflix recommendations. You're listening to Hypochondriac by Fen Lilly. All right, so things could honestly, uh, you know, it, one of the there, there's less, there's there's worse things that could happen to us collectively than to have a lot of time on our hands and uh, too much TV to watch right now, which is what a lot of us do. You know, there is the, for whatever other issues we might be facing, and I definitely feel the stir going a little stir crazy myself. There's a, are, are you guys reading anything before we get into the Netflix stuff? Are you, did you crack open that but like infinite jest or whatever that you've been meaning to get into for since? I, I was rummaging through the attic and the previous owner left a bunch of romance novels. And <laughs> let me say this, the, despite, the Amish? despite what the artwork, I mean, the artwork shows, uh, they are not in fact PG. These are, uh, <laughs> I had to put them down and burn it immediately. Uh, so I've, I've I've staved off reading for a while. No, no, I, I've been, 
you know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a ton of books that I try to, uh, you know, read a little. We, yeah. I, but most of my reading these days is work related because we talk to so many authors and people saying interesting things. So, yeah, I, I've been kind of working through a, the, the stack of books next to me. Um, but it's also, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when, when you're with your, your wife or, or, or if you're with a roommate or whatever, and you want to do something together, I feel like it's, it's the Netflix is the go-to these days, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why there's a lot on there and it's easy to just get stuck in the, the endless scroll of Netflix trying to be like, oh, I want to watch that. Maybe I want to watch that. And you, you spend more time looking for something to watch yeah. than uh, I, you actually do watching something. Well, I've done it. Well, I will, I will say this. I just finally got to read love wins by rob bell to see what all the fuss is about and let me say this i get it i get it. very controversial book probably should have read that a couple years ago um so we are just going to bring in this could be a we might try to make this a little more of a regular thing or go into some other like hulu rex or amazon prime or or find some other we we get a one of the perks of the job is getting to watch and review a lot of content for this so we can try to make this a regular part of the service we offer here in the relevant podcast jesse you've got five netflix recommendations what are they Okay. Uh, all right. I already mentioned Jeopardy, I, and I and I don't say that ironically. It's actually really fun to watch if you're hanging out with, uh, you know, s- someone in your house and you want something to do together. That's also that can be passive, but you can also take part in. You forget there's a reason Jeopardy has been on for so long. Like it's actually the format's really fun. It, the, sh- the episodes are like 19 minutes. They're not long at all, uh, and so it is a fun way to to kill some time and 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 test your knowledge and, and go head to head with a friend. Um, but the other ones I'll say, uh, David Chang just released episode uh, season two of Ugly Delicious. I've already oh, yeah. I've already burned through it. Um, do are you guys Ugly Delicious fans? I I am. I've only watched one episode. I watched the pizza, the, the which I think was the pilot, right? Yeah, which was a great episode. Yeah, Chandler, yeah. do you watch Ugly Delicious? I don't have Netflix, so no. You don't have Netflix? Nope. This is I useless have to Chandler. But dude, you, you understand useless. Netflix. You can. You don't even have to pay for it these days. You just literally. <laughs> you can, you can, I guarantee you, if you said, if you put on Twitter, I need, I need a Netflix login. You would get a hundred <laughs> people to DM you. I probably no won't get them care. now. Yeah. yeah. So everyone DM Chandler and give him a net. Just set up an extra. Just set up an extra little an profile in your net. You, you yeah. know, you get like five. Yeah. No one uses all five. Just right. give one to Chandler. And, but do not look at his. Do not look at what he's watching. It's going to be very jarring for you. Dangerous. Some very disturbing things. Dangerous that stuff. Are gonna, he's going to immediately queue up a lot of weird stuff. All those um, documentaries. Yeah. Ooh, another DMT documentary. I heard Joe Rogan talking about this one. <laughs> God's plant. Ooh, this one sounds right up my alley. Chandler right. emerges emerges from quarantine and is like, well, I've watched a lot of Netflix documentaries. Looks like I'm never eating beef again. And I need to go on an ayahuasca retreat with Jared Leto to, to understand my own faith. Okay. Uh, no, so Ugly Delicious is a show from, he's a celebrity chef. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, um, I'm familiar he, with it. I just, I don't have Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen it. He, he, he his restaurant uh, Mama Fuko, which is uh, there's several locations in big cities around the world, um, is, is really great. Uh, uh, Cameron and I actually ate there a couple years ago when we were going oh, to the Summer League in Vegas, and it was awesome. Like totally great restaurant. But the thing about David Chang is he's a really compelling host. You know, he was mentored uh, to a degree by Anthony Bourdain, and he really brings that sort of 
non-pretentious approach to cooking and travel. Travel's a huge part of it. Um, and, you know, has sort of an irreverent approach, especially if you watch shows like Chef's Table that take itself very mm-hmm. seriously. You know, Ugly Delicious, so it has like a punk rock thing. It's a lot of fun, really great show. I would suggest starting with season one uh, and not starting with the pilot of season two because that is a very different kind of episode, but it's very, very good. But I think it would benefit people to kind of get to know his personality before they watch the pilot of season two, uh, which for... It's a beautiful episode, but it's about him becoming a father and what it's like being a parent uh, and through the lens of, of people who think about food. Uh, so Ugly Delicious is, is recommendation or one Jeopardy number two. Uh, there's a great movie on Netflix called uh, Hell or High Water. It came out a few oh, years man. ago. Um, Chris, you, Pine. You know, what? Chris Pine, uh, Jeff Bridges. It is it is sort of a contemporary Western in that it, it takes place in, in relatively recent times, post-recession East Texas. And I don't want to give too much away uh, uh, from the plot, but it, 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 it centers around two brothers and a, and a Texas Ranger uh, who is hot on their tail after they are involved in a series of bank robberies. It goes in a lot of very unexpected directions. It's very it's an extremely morally complex movie that actually has a lot to say about violence, about uh, the banking system in America, about capitalism, about age, about death. Fantastic movie. Tyler, you've seen Hell or High Water. I love I love Hell or High Water. It's fantastic. Chandler, have you seen that movie? I don't think so. No. Is it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. (laughs) Uh, So when people send you their logins and you're watching, check it out. Yeah, you're watching all your all your weird uh, uh, food documentaries and conspiracy, <laughs> you know, conspiracy ancient alien stuff. Yeah, you can you can queue up hella high water. Also, uh, this one isn't probably um, <clears throat> all that groundbreaking, but this is a really fun time to jump back into the Breaking Bad universe. You know, uh, season five of Better Call Saul is on TV right now. They just had the fifth episode of the season last night uh, on uh, AMC, but. All the previous episodes of Better Call Saul, which are as good, if not better than Breaking Bad, are on Netflix. The entire see- the entire run of Breaking Bad is on Netflix. And the Netflix original El Camino, which picks up after Breaking Bad left off. They're all on Netflix. So re-diving into the Breaking Bad universe is a lot of fun because you forget how great all of the that those shows are. And finally, this one isn't some, you know, cool indie. But I actually I've seen it twice now and I watched it again uh, uh, two nights ago and laughed just as hard this time as I did the first time. It's the Between Two Ferns movie. Did you guys have I'm sure I'm assuming you guys both saw it. I did see it. No, I don't think you can assume. I don't think I wouldn't assume anything with Chandler anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't have Netflix. Netflix. It's on Netflix. I haven't seen it. If it's on Hulu, though, which they got Uh, all the TV shows. That's why I got Hulu. Yeah, they, uh, you know, it's everyone. Everyone knows that that old saying. It's time to Hulu and chill. I can see why you. Why you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, between two ferns, it it is. Uh, it's based on Zach Galifianakis's parody. You know, sort of public access uh, interview show. There's a lot of funny inter- celebrity interviews, but there's a loose plot that is unhinged and weird. And <clears throat> Will Ferrell's in it. And a, and a great ensemble cast of of weird like comedians and sketch comedians and, and big time celebrities. It is so funny. I, I literally 
both times I watched it, there were scenes where I was crying. I, there were tears coming out of <laughs> yeah, my face. It's, it's, good, it's a good ingredients, so, like great cast, like yeah, set up to it, be good. And, 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 you know, I, I'll say that too. A lot of these movies are probably, you don't want to watch with kids. You can watch Jeopardy with kids, but, um, uh, <laughs> it, it is, if you just need to laugh sometimes when things get stressful, when you're watching like the news all day and real and, and, and you, and you kind of realize the gravity of situation, give yourself a break, you know, fire up something funny and, and, and just let yourself laugh for a few. Those are my recommendations. Tyler, what do you got? All right, so uh, I've got. I, I wanted the first thing I wanted to recommend is uh, Bong Joon Ho was the director of Parasite, which was the big success story of yeah. 2019, won Best Picture and everything. He's got a, a pretty extensive uh, filmography. A lot of it is on Netflix, actually, including Okja, which was actually made for Netflix. Yeah, uh, which is another, which is a movie. Uh, sort of about the the glow the the meat industry. Uh, I wouldn't watch that unless you're ready to consider becoming a vegetarian because it, it does force some some interesting ethical problems. But the one I really wanted to recommend was Snowpiercer, which was his first real attempt at making an American movie. It stars Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton. And it takes place in sort of a post-apocalyptic wasteland on a train in which supposedly the rest of humanity is all contained to one train that's going across the post-apocalyptic wasteland forever and ever. And um, it focuses on uh, Bong Joon-ho's favorite theme, which is classism and uh, and the way that class plays out on uh, even even after the rest of society collapses. Really good movie. Uh, really, really interesting. Very visually weird concepts. But uh, I, I but if you're willing to take a little bit of a trip, like all of his movies are, then I think that one. Have you seen Snowpiercer or anybody here I seen have, Snowpiercer? I, I've seen Snowpiercer, Tyler. And here's what I appreciate about your recommendation. If there's anything that people want to get some a little escapism <laughs> from the horrific reality of the coronavirus, it's a worst case scenario post apocalyptic film. Thank yep. you for that recommendation. It's on the brain. It's Next on up, the brain. Uh, contagion. <laughs> outbreak and 28 days later uh, a lot of people are doing that though like I, I pulled up i pulled up apple yesterday apple movies and the number one movie being rented right now is contagion what's wrong with you people who are like, these people what, watching what, it just wrong? turn on the news this is yeah, terrible yeah, get some is, escapism yeah. man contagion, yeah. it can't yeah reality reality can compete with what you're watching you, you can watch the news for free you don't yeah. have to pay contagions <laughs> like 3.99 Exactly. Uh, I also wanted to recommend another one. This is uh, also takes place a little bit in the future, but it's not exactly post-apocalyptic. Yorgos Lanthimos has a movie called The Lobster starring Colin Farrell. Uh, it's it's a very weird concept about looking for love in sort of a sci-fi situation. I don't want to give too much away, but it is a it's an excellent. Uh, I would call it a dark comedy. Uh, you've also got John C. Riley in that one. Yes, uh, Tyler. I'm gonna let you jump back into recommendation. But do you guys yeah. think there's a John? Do you think there's a John Riley out there that was really good at something? And John C. Riley, <laughs> when he was like doing indie movies, was like, that way you put the I, scene? I better I better be John C. I better add the C just in case this John Riley guy turns out to be well, like a really either. famous baseball player. It's like a Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan situation. That They're trying sense. to head off you at got, the you pass. You have to do the B. Yeah, you got to do the and B. And then John Riley had like Tommy John surgery. It was just never the same. But now he's already John C. Riley. You know, I don't know. I just, Again, the mind goes weird places when in quarantine. You know, it's, <laughs> it's weird how many celebrities when you look into their bio are using or not using their real name because it, it's very common. And sometimes it makes sense. Like with Michael B. Jordan, which I mean, that is his real name as far as I know, but, but the B is added, but like Emma Stone's real name is Emily They They just said, we think her manager told her early on, we think you do better as an Emma. Why? 
what, what about yeah. uh, what, what is it about Emily Stone? Is it just is Emily just too common of a name? Hmm. And then yeah. you have some yeah. people who manage to overcome like some extremely complicated like like they, their names are hard to say, but they somehow made it through anyway. Saoirse yeah. Ronan. Yeah, there you did, go. Did nobody Shusha. get a hold? Did nobody get a hold of her early on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got so you got the lobster, so the lobster, Snowpiercer. Uh, Snowpiercer. If you're looking for a documentary, this is one. I this one just won. Uh, this isn't a deep cut. I just won best documentary at the Oscars last year. But it is on Netflix. It was made for Netflix. It's called American Factory. It was co-directed by Julia Reichert and Stephen Bognar. It's produced by the Obamas. This one was kind of a hard sell for me because uh, I, I do like documentaries, but this one. <laughs> Is about a, a power plant in the northern in the northern U.S. and their takeover by China, which doesn't sound like the most riveting. It's not one of those that just hooks you with the premise or anything like that. Yeah. It's not one of those documentaries that just reels you in. But it is if you if you'll give it five minutes, I, I think you'll be hooked right. In. I think it'll pull you in because it is such an interesting look at some of the the issues with. Labor in the U.S. makes up these things, these numbers and things that we read about in the newspapers, very relatable and very human. And it has a lot of real drama. Uh, and, and there are there are parts of it where my jaw was just on the floor and five yeah. people to really pull for. It. It's it's a great documentary, fully deserving of the award that it won, the many awards actually that it won last year. Also want to recommend a great movie. Uh, this one is called is, is also from South Korea. It's called Burning. Uh, this one, Burning, the less you know about it, the better going into it. Honestly, it's one of those where you just kind of want to buckle up and, and get ready for it. But it is a thriller. It, it does get a little bit stressful at the end. Uh, but if you're if you're looking for something that is sometimes I like some movies that place the tension in the fictional reality that doesn't have anything to do with the actual stresses that I'm facing. Burning would be a good option for that. And then my last one, this one is a little unusual for me because I'm not like we talked about big brother earlier. I'm not a reality TV guy. I, yeah. I've, I've never watched a reality game show. I haven't watched survivor. I, I, I haven't watched big brother. I, the bachelor, none of that is up my alley. I gave this one a shot and I'm glad I did. And I think it's got a lot of relevance to right now. It, Called, have you guys heard about the circle? I have heard. Do you know? I, do you kind of know I, the, the the idea? Is, is it sort of a? Is it like a relationship, like dating type of? Or am I thinking Love Is Blind? Dating. I, I've it's, not Love is, yeah. it's not Love Is Blind, which I okay. have not watched. Uh, and it's not. It's not even really about dating. Uh, the circle. It, it was doing self isolation before it was cool. You've got. You've got a, a few contestants. Uh, I think they're on top of about seven or eight, and they're all put in their own rooms by themselves. They can't do anything. This was pre. Yeah. This is pre Rona season. Yeah. And the only way they had to connect, talk to each other, is via a social media app they created just for the show called the Circle. So they don't know what each other looks like. They've never met in person. All they can do is interact with each other in kind of a big brother style, but it's got to be done through online communications. And some of them decide to try to catfish each other. They, they don't use their real picture. They, they try to be somebody else. Uh, some of they try to play each other. And at the end of every day, uh, people are people are blocked uh, mm. from the circle or so voted, that's like off. Getting voted off the island. Yeah, They're getting voted off the island, basically. Yeah, that's the so you so they're creating alliances much in the same way that Survivor was. But Survivor was for the last decade. The circle sort of is now. It is not going to be for everyone. I say that adamantly because it has all the usual social media uh, sort of cheesiness and corn. You will know pretty early on if this is your going to be your kind of show or not. But 
I I think that for those of us who are now stuck inside with very few ways to communicate with each other besides virtual uh, setups, it, it became surprisingly relevant. And so I would, I, I think, give it a shot. Give it a shot and see what you think. All right, cool. And then Chandler's recommend, Netflix recommendation is Stalin Secret Alien Connections. Oh, a bunch of weird stuff he's watching, man. Chandler's clogging. Yeah. If you share... If you share your login, he's going to watch a weird, those weird alien history documentaries that is now like half a Netflix. So I'm just warning you. I'm warning you. You got to open your mind, man. Well, I think with that, that will wrap it up for us this week. Hey, many thanks to my friend Barry Rodriguez for joining us. If you liked what you heard from him, you should follow him at Barry Rod on Twitter. That's at B-A-R-R-Y-R-O-D, Barry Rod on Twitter. Also, hey, as long as you are on our uh, our Apple podcast page, why don't you listen to Relevant Daily? That's our show that brings you the top three stories at the intersection of faith and culture Monday through Friday. It's about 10 minutes. Keeps you up to date on everything we're talking about over relevantmagazine.com. And with uh, that, t- t- Tyler, real quick, before we go, can I say one thing to people who yeah. somehow made it through this entire podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know we were goofing around and we're having some fun today, but obviously what's happening in the world is scary and it's real. And, you know, it, but not to be overly spiritual, you know, this wasn't the most spiritual episode of the Relevant Podcast that's ever been recorded. But listen, we, I think, as as people who may have different tastes in pop culture, different senses of humor, you know, hopefully, if you're listening to this, we all share a similar value. And that's, and that's you know, to really try to follow and live the gospel, which is to love your neighbor as yourself and to not be led by a spirit of fear. And so... Times are scary. We need to take everything seriously, but also try to enjoy your life a little. Like don't, you know, observing practices, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health right now are really important. It's a weird time. There's a lot of fear. People are isolated. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to a neighbor, a friend, someone who's lonely. Check in on your parents and your grandparents. You know, find out if you have any neighbors who are elderly or alone or or are are unable to kind of go out and and do some of the basic things that we might need to be doing, like getting food and supplies and things like that, and help them out. Find ways to, you know, have some reminder of the humanity at the at at you know behind all these headlines. And and man, we I know we are doing our best on the site to you know, relevantmagazine.com and to, to really provide hopefully helpful information. But yeah, take, take some time to, to observe things for your mental health and, and help people in your community that need help. You know, I think, I think that's all we can do right now. There is a, uh, there, there, we, we will do our absolute level best like everybody else is right now to try to keep you as updated and informed as possible with the most current information. It's all moving so fast and stuff that we posted three or four days ago is already out of date. And that's just the, the, the way it is and is going to be the way it is for a while. But we we do care about people who listen and, and we're, we're taking this seriously and and really appreciate people uh, which has been a lot of people who have reached out to tell us thanks for the for for trying to help out, and we we notice that and we appreciate that too. We're we're all doing our best, and uh, we'll we'll be here with you for for as long as we need to be. Um, so uh, sincerely this week, as it always is, but but extra sincere this week, considering what's going on. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we appreciate the community we've got here, and 
Uh, well, uh, we'll see y'all on the other side. Be with you every week, <laughs> every step of the way through it. Uh, I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Chandler Strain. I'm Jesse Carey. See y'all Friday. for listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe never had a diamond on the soul of her shoes Black top, white trash, straight out of the Boom! News. Boom! Final Jeopardy! Boom! Boom! The bridge is out! You idiot! Get down, whiskey! Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.